0: Welcome to the N-Word for Nerd (laughs) podcast. We were just talking about jokers that don't read and their intelligence levels. You know what? That's why I love the Duke of All Nerds, because you saw that it was going to time to start, and you cut your sentence right (laughs) on the spot and went on, unlike our former employee that would have continued on. We we can't talk
1: shit about Jared while he's not here, (laughs) man.
0: No, we can't do that. Can
1: can we not? Oh, yeah, we totally can. But I I love me. Hey, everybody, it's all Jess. We love Jared. (laughs) He'll be back hopefully soon. You just had some shit to deal with. That's all. Yeah, but yeah, yeah y'all yeah, motherfuckers yeah. aren't out there reading. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you haven't, all right. And here's the thing. Okay, I'm also gonna take this to another level. If it's just like self help books and shit like that. You don't read no fantasy, no, 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 no fiction. i don't even say y'all, y'all kind of dumb too. <laughs> wow, wow. I have a simple rule. I, I just, if, if at least if you read
0: five to seven books in a year. I'll, I'll accept that. Now, I think you should be higher. But if you get that, I think that's what... But if you're reading less than that, guys, you got to step
1: your game up. I got to read. Yeah, it's stuff out there. It's stuff out Graphic there. Graphic novels it's do there. count, and also audiobooks yes. do count as well in my book. Because, you know, I, sometimes people don't have time to sit down and read the words. But it's still the same, man. It's still the same. You're still using your imagination. You're, and you also know how the fucking words are pronounced. <laughs> uh, you're not sitting I there here...
0: Only... I will only include audiobooks as if after you, like, listen to the audio book, whoever, like myself, if I read the book, I get to give you, like, a six-question quiz. If you <laughs> answer those, then I'll accept it. Because I do find, it is maybe just me, because audio books, I find myself drifting off. Oh, so, I like, and that's the audiobooks. biggest habit when I have audio books. That's why I can't do them, because I'll be listening. I remember I did try to do audio books of... Um, Jesus Christ, uh, Game of Thrones, the first book. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I, I, the Bible's on audio book too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember every time I had to keep rewinding because I would just start zoning out as they were talking about characters. I was like, "Oh crap, who's this character again?" And I had to go all the <laughs> way back, was and it, it <laughs> just became the longest process in my life. And I said, "You know what? I'm not built for audio books. I have to just read." I mean, I just now got into Kindle. I was still buying wow. real books and reading wow, them. It's twenty twenty
1: one, man. Get with the times. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I can't. When I get older, I want to have a library full of plenty of leather-bound books that smells richly (laughs) of mahogany. (laughs) That's the dream. Look, look, I'm halfway on my way. I've already filled
0: up two uh, bookshelves in our house. So, yeah, we're, we're headed that way. But now I've ordered most of my stuff from Kindle now, so... But all right, guys. Welcome to the first It's, it's more convenient.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: and if you enjoyed our dot drop about people who don't read, that's what make you more likely to subscribe, share, and follow us here on all of our social media sites, and that includes Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, and Spotify. Guys, we're everywhere you want to, and we are everywhere we need to be, because you know that's how we, you know, get our paper. Even though we're not really getting <laughs> that paper, but we're gonna we're gonna uh, get that. No.
1: 2022 is the year of that paper. We're gonna get it. We're gonna up like Mr. Sunday Movies over here. We're gonna be making a million dollars an episode, <laughs> right? So, right. seven million views.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: You know, six we're million of doing. them are still my mom. <laughs> we're gonna start slowing
0: down our output and just making sure we maximize our editing, so that way you guys will be so happily entertained by what we do that you'll be like, man, you got to watch this show. These crazy edits. And I say, don't hold us to that. But anyway, but I do want to give a <laughs> shout out to some people who, not really sponsors, but some people work that I enjoy. Uh, actually, I'm wearing a shirt from a gentleman now. It's in uh, yo Face Art. So I-N-Yo <laughs> Face oh, Art. Yeah, yeah. So .com, he does some great stuff on there, anime stuff. Oh, cool stuff nice. right there. And then I have a brother named uh, James Cansey, who also does some drawings. He recently did um, some paint work for me for The Harder They Fall, so I'll make sure I get that up here on the on our socials as well so people can see that work because it's uh, he's, really good he's stuff. An and him.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> doing some, some drawings reminds me of that Mike Myers uh, scan on FML. I like to do some drawings. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, that's how I imagine he does it, just that, that's that same exact way.
1: <laughs> he's just sitting there in his bathtub doing some drawings. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, well, let's jump into our movie run this week. So we're going to start off with The King's Man, um, recently released on well, movies two weeks ago. So we're running yeah, a little bit behind. But the synopsis here, one man must race against time to stop history's worst tyrants and criminal masterminds as they get together to plot a war that could wipe out millions of people and destroy humanity. Jason, do you want to jump on this one first or you want to leave that Sure, I'll
1: jump on this one first. I'll go take a little swing at the Kings, man. Um, yeah, this is probably the second best one of these that they've made of the three, I think, in my humble opinion. I really enjoyed this movie. It was a lot of fun, a lot of sort um, of different things. You know what I what really, uh, really hated about this movie? That it made The Matrix, in comparison, look worse. Because there are some, definitely some fight scenes in here that were really cool, really inventive. Not, you know, technically crazy or anything like that nothing will ever compare to that church scene from the first kingsman but like there's some stuff that were really like dramatic and and the like, gotcha and then and then like the in-fight scene the sword fight was really really dope really cool really well shot um one of my few nitpicks for this movie is one uh they gotta stop frigging women in 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 movies like i get it you know it's an easy way to to send a man off to to uh to To do something, but there's other ways to like spur someone to do things other than killing off their most important female uh, relative, and it's and it's done. And in fact, they even do a better way of 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 spurring of the fridge by actually giving somebody a character art before they are uh un, unceremoniously uh, dispatched. But you know, like it's it's a part that about time that we can start finding different ways to to tell these stories. And that was one of my things that it was just like a little bit disappointing that they started this movie off with that. And also um, my second Nick pick is uh, the characters that they had um, at the end, they end up forming. And I don't think this is a spoiler alert because this is what's going to happen. It's a prequel. We know that. They end up forming the Kingsman secret service uh, intelligence agency. uh, And the, the characters end up getting the code names that we know from the franchise but I don't feel like they were different enough or like um specialized enough to get the code names that they got. Does that make sense? Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, like because yeah. they were all pretty good at just like fighting and then the original Kingsman like you know Merlin was definitely like the tech guy and then Galahad was definitely like the fighter and like you know, and Arthur was definitely like just the guy who told everybody what to do. Um, and this one they're all just kind of really, really good at beating shit out of people. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> so it's like oh i don't under, i mean like i get that's i mean they had to you know have come up with the code name somehow but it's like you know this character doesn't really seem like merlin to me because he doesn't really do any like crazy tech stuff in 1902 mm-hmm. or 1912 whenever this shit take place but other than that it was still fun like the characters were pretty fun uh rasputin uh is definitely a highlight his fight scene was definitely uh, a lot of fun for me because it was like it took. uh some ballet dancing and kind of like russian like style dancing and, and added that into his, his fight choreography which i thought was cool uh you know so this movie was fun and it's it's i don't think that it's gotten i mean it was supposed to come out like two years ago so mm. and it's kind of sad that it hasn't gotten released until yet because you know normally when they you know wait on these sort of things even though we had this global pandemic the fact that they waited on it, it kind of made you feel like that this wasn't going to be any good but this is actually a nice little, you know, as Jaron would say, a little mid-level movie, like a good mid-level movie that, you know, just is mm. fun to watch and had some really cool moments too. So that is my review without spoiling anything because I did it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a, a
0: f- phenomenal job. Um, Because that's what we, we strive here now to try not to do all the spoilers up front. But I mean, sometimes we fail completely and utterly. So, yes, um, let's just start off full disclosure, guys. When I saw this movie, because we weren't going to really review it, and I was like, oh, we got to review this movie. So you already know how my review is going to (laughs) go. But because I like to keep that same energy, this movie is part king and part man, but all the way fun. This is one of the movies where I could and I should nitpick the hell out of it because my reputation on this show, as everybody knows, is I'm kind of a grouch and a grump. and I almost (laughs) hate everything.
1: So let's Jason go ahead and start off the off. movies, <laughs> right? Yes, let's, we become the two just black just... guy muppets <laughs> from like right. The whole yes. white...
0: <laughs> I hated it, <laughs> right? And so let's just go ahead and start off with the things because I want to get that energy out the way so I can get to all the great shit I want to talk about. Let's go ahead and go into Jason's nitpick of this movie. Uh, this movie's pacing is complete and utter trash. It feels like it doesn't know what series this is because it doesn't have time for like a Kingsman movie and then half the time it feels like something completely different. Uh, all the character relationships are forced except for uh, Voldemort and his son. And <laughs> let's just call it what it is. Uh, <laughs> even given, Chouché, making a maid, yeah, even making a maid fall for Voldemort like randomly at the, like it, on part of the movie, which isn't much of a spoiler because yeah. it doesn't really lead anything. It's nope. terrible that I don't know why they put it in there. Uh, and let's be complete. Yes. Oh, she's extremely hot. Anyway, <laughs> let's be completely honest. And I don't know how you feel about this, Jason, but they probably had the worst post credit scene in the history of all of cinema. Oh, yeah. That was so dumb. <laughs> so after we got all that out the way, so y'all can say, oh, I can't believe Jason liked this movie and there are all these other movies, he shreds to death. Okay. There's your shredding, guys. Everybody happy? <laughs> you can exile You can we- we- we'll saw. All right. Let's go we'll into saw. this one. All right. I'm going to keep the same energy because, you know, this is the N-word review, and I'm about to get real N-word on this one because this movie is crazy, it's fun, it's foolish. I mean, they put my man Voldemort up in here, and he got a nose, and he's out here giving <laughs> everybody the business, bruh. Look, it got real wacky with me <laughs> with the Rasputin thing, but like you said, oh. the fight scene is so great in there, it's amazing. I hate the fact they had the job out my brother, Armistad, but somebody got to take that L to show how bad I mean- Rasputin, Rasputin is. No, nah, they jobbed him. They jobbed him. That's not, that's
1: not, that's not let's get let's take it, let's man. get it straight. Like uh, Diether Nehushtan is always getting jobbed in the movies. Like he's a black guy that comes in there to provide some gravitas, and then he gets his ass kicked, and he's out.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Now he does get a quasi redemption of that jobbing near the end that I that I do rock with, but at the end of the day, he got jobbed out for that one. So the the problem with this movie that most people are going to find that I loved is that this movie literally is like three movies jammed into one. And not in the sense of like a genre split movie, because y'all know how much I love those genre split movies where the movie's going along, but it's just two different type of genres battling for which is the main one, while the movie goes. Now nah, this movie is like, hey, we're going to start off as this, and then we're going to switch gears and become this, and then we're going to switch gears again and become that. So mm-hmm. if you ain't about that life, <laughs> get out now. You don't want to see this movie. Because like I said earlier, the pacing is terrible in it. But what works in it is because every three components, which I would say the components are, I feel like this movie is like trying to be a a historical movie, then a war movie, and then a spy kind of actioneer movie. All three components by themselves work very, very well. Like when I say the war part of this movie is so well done, not as good as 1917, but it is really well done. I mean, that fight scene and the silence is immaculate. I was on the edge of my seat. (laughs) Yes. Um, The action there part of it, you know, Rasputin's fight that we talked about is just amazing. And then, you know, you get the spy kind of hijinks with the final run where the airplane and it's a lot going on in this movie. But like I said, the problem is, is that all three of these parts are so well done. They just don't connect very well. It's like, literally, it's like, okay, this is going on, and then they make a reason why they get to the next part, and then they make a reason to get to the next part, but these reasons aren't compelling. They aren't things that you think, oh, there's a natural flow of things. It's just like, almost felt like Matthew Vaughn was like, "Uh, I want to make three movies, but they're only giving me the budget to make one at this time, so I'm still going to make three movies, but deal with it. So, if you can't buy into that premise, you're going to miss the boat on this movie. I will tell you this, um, I loved it. I loved it. It's one of these movies for me where it's just <laughs> everything in my everything in my rating system and critic system is like I should rip this movie apart. But it doesn't. Like it, it's something about this movie because it doesn't feel like Kingsman. It feels like Kingsman light. Yeah, but all the parts that feel like Kingsman is like so Kingsman good. Is. Right, right. But all the parts that feel like Kingsman is so so good, it kind of overtakes the parts that don't feel like it. But then, like I said, that war part that isn't like Kingsman at all is still intriguing as hell. Like, and if we get to spoil this. We'll even talk about one of the intriguing parts of that war part. But I, I can't explain to people like why I like this movie so much. Except for all I can say <laughs> is that if you're willing to deal with the three different genres and you can stomach the pacing, you'll enjoy this movie. Like it, it, it's it's going to be in these list of movies for me where that. I will never tell anybody who's a real astute aficionado of movies to enjoy, but if you just want a nice, dumb, fun movie, but also isn't like entertaining as hell, like this is that movie. Like I don't know how else to explain. I mean, maybe Jason can elaborate better than I can, but it's so hard for
1: me to tell anybody, (laughs) right? Because it's
0: so frantic.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it's just like for me, it's just like it's a breath of fresh air because, like, even though there it's a sequel or a prequel to a. Existing franchise it doesn't feel like it's treading the same ground as the previous Mm -hmm. movies are it feels like they actually were trying to do something like fresh with it and like you know like kingsman could have easily gotten to like really into like the goofy tropey territory of like the wacky shenanigans that this sort of ripoff thing goes through and this one was more like a grounded like real world like war story with a little mm-hmm. bit of espionage and a little bit of of a little bit of the wackiness in it, but it was more more grounded than the rest of them were, and it was just like, wow, they're not trying to shove us down. Like, remember, like, oh, this guy, remember this guy, like, oh, that's the guy from the first one. Remember him, wink, wink, not good. Right. right. <laughs> so maybe that's why it's it's just refreshing that like this is actually a movie like that where they just tried to do some something different or something new with the franchise they were deal- dealing with, or at least I guess something old with it because it's a prequel so (laughs) right um let's go ahead and i guess
0: let's give our ratings on here uh what would you rate kingman i would give it a solid
1: 3.5
0: out of four out of four no it's look man i i i can't i can't knock you on that one i'm at i think i'm at a 3.8 out of four like i I, and i think more about the eight the extra uh, point three to make an 8 is for me, because I was surprised by how much I enjoyed this. Because yeah. I even, at the beginning, kind of rolled my eyes like, oh, here we go. And I yeah, was like, I was... oh, this is cool. That's cool. That's really cool. Man, what did they do that? That camera shot's awesome. Like, yes.
1: Because, <laughs> yeah, at the beginning oh. I was like, this this is going to be some dumb bullshit where we're just going to get some same stupid tropes over and over again. But, like, that, besides that one thing I already complained about, like, they were like, oh, yeah, let's just go Let's just have fun with this.
0: And that was cool. Absolutely. Let's jump jump into some quick spoilers here for you guys. Five four three two one. We're here in spoiler territory for Kingsman. So with that being said, let's go ahead and look, man. I don't care what nobody say. They had my dude playing a slave, man. And that's okay. Of course. You know the error, But but come on, man. You can't have me oh no, no, he was a definitely treating them slave. Him like an equal. He was even a slave when he was in King. <laughs> like they're gonna be like, oh, we're gonna give
1: you Merlin. Uh, come on stop it no no yeah yeah i mean you know white people are still gonna white people (laughs) you know you can't have like djvon houston be a fucking lord in freaking great britain as well and just being equal to to the duke i can't remember his last name duke ormsby i don't even fucking know yeah yeah yeah, whatever yeah so it's it's, it's, it's it is what it is sometimes you gotta take the good with the bad at least he's in the movie Cause this, that, I mean, honestly, true. they could have like just made them all white, and they'd be like, "Oh, that's it's 1902 Britain. Everybody was white." That's not true, but <laughs> that's what <laughs> they would have said. <laughs> so well, I, I'm glad he's in it. Some,
0: uh, let's go to jump some of the, some of the performances. Like, I, and I joke about um, you know Ralph Fiennes and Voldemort and all stuff like that, but he brings a certain amount of energy to this movie that I think. Like, makes the movie. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Like, what? I don't know what it is because, you know, it isn't the typical char- charisma that we see from a leading man that gives, you know, the wink and nod at the camera. It's something about how, I guess, the gravitas of, because we see him in so much good, serious work, to see him in this kind of movie that we expect to be goofy, but he plays it so straight that it it's the best part of the movie. And then, in turn, that spills over to his relationship with his son that I felt like it was if you would if somebody would have come to me and like, oh, you know they're not related in real life, I'd be like, really? Because the way they played both of those roles, being real, like it was it felt like they had a history and a relationship and a love that wasn't that we knew was beyond just what we saw on the screen because they were damn good when playing off each other in that ability. I don't know how you felt about the performances, but I felt like oh, dude those, yeah. that I key mean, performance was crazy.
1: Ray Finds always is is great in pretty much everything he does. And like it's just kind of like mm-hmm. I guess a credit to the movie they were able to even get him, um, even though he does do some, you know, some off the wall projects for every now and then. So, I mean, like, yeah, he was just he's, I mean, he carried the whole entire movie, the whole entire movie is basically on his shoulders with a little bit of his, the it being on the son's shoulders as well. But, like, for the most part, it's his whole entire impetus, and it's, it's yeah, he carries this very, very well. And it's, and he, he's, and it's funny because there's definitely a moment that is silly with Rasputin where he gets his leg <laughs> licked by Rasputin. And it's like, that is, like, so dumb and so, like, <laughs> off the wall. But, like, he's 100% buying into, like, the fact that he's hypnotized and, and this man is licking his, his bullet wound and trying to heal it. <laughs> and it's, like, so, it's letting so the blood goofy. get to it. Yeah, <laughs> right, right.
0: But you're right; it works like the watching that scene. It, you have the—I the, think everybody has the exact same moment. You laugh and giggle, but then as it goes on, it gets kind of dreadful because yeah. you're like, "Is—is is he going to attack? Is this going to be sexual? Is this gonna, like, yeah, well, where's this it was going? Definitely <laughs> sexual. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like,
0: like, where are we going from here? Like, just another grown man lick like, your leg. Like, <laughs> I mean, I thought this was a PG-13 movie. I didn't know it was going to get to X, man." <laughs> Oh man! Oh, just the, the poisoning of the 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 pie and him puking it up and being yeah. like, oh, I'm sorry,
1: I, I didn't agree." And then finding yeah, out that no. he was being poisoned. I mean, like just like ah, I, I I know what poison tastes like. I poison myself every single day. And then, right, right. which
0: I felt but, like that line came off more kinky than actually like, "Oh, I'm protecting myself versus poison by poisoning myself." Yeah.
1: it felt more like uh, non no, into he, that. he does that for for sexual gratification, most certainly. I, I'm like the one thing I hate is like I could have used more Rasputin, like all the other bad guys were. I mean, like he could have been the main villain, and like that would have been fine. As as is yes. right, because in my in my mind of things in the history sort of things, Rasputin would totally be the kind of guy who's behind an evil cabal of villains. <coughs> <coughs> excuse me, trying to start World War II, or World War One rather. Mm-hmm. So. I, he could have been the, because like the 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 main villain, the the Scottish guy or the English Scottish guy. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. It's him. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally don't care because like, <laughs> there is nothing there from the 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 original character to be like, oh yeah, he's totally the sinister bad guy. Like he obviously he's harboring some bad feelings towards Great Britain, which you should. Great Britain a mm-hmm. sh- did a lot of shitty shit <laughs> to everybody mm-hmm. all over the world. So it was like, I was kind of rooting for him. Like, yeah, I guess, you know, destroy Great Britain, that's fine.
0: (laughs) One of the questions I had on here was, like, how did you feel about the the reveal of who the big bad was? Like, I agree, it was very much a letdown. But also, I think that's on the heels that you gave us such good work with, basically with Rasputin. And all the henchmen had such good work and inner lines in it that kind of revealing that he was the big bad was like, oh, okay, cool, too. I understand. But rather than more of a reveal that was worth anything.
1: I feel like there was a there is not enough characters for there to be a mystery behind the big bad guy. Because mm-hmm. we had our core cast of of uh Ray Fines, his son, uh Deesbury Houston, and uh Jim and Ayrton, and then you had the bad guys, and you had like two other people in this whole entire right. movie assistant. And this is, it has like four lines <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's right, like, oh, right, right. yep. The only other character in the movie is, is the bad guy. <laughs> like the only other character oh. who's not a specifically a part of the bad guy group is going to be the secret bad guy. <laughs> right. So it's
0: like, so, <laughs> let's jump to the war portion of this, the battlefield portion of it, which I thought was really well done for this, so not being a war movie. They did a really good job of the trenches and how it felt. Like I said, Matt put it on 1917, 1917's level because that's a whole different thing. But for this being an action movie, they did a really good job of giving you the vibe and the feel here. But let's jump to the more important that silent fight. Oh my God. One, j- Just to even put that premise up as this is what we're going to do here and set that stage. But then going to making the other side. So almost ham-fistedly villainous, like with you know the sludgehammer arm being put on. Yeah. Like it's so many like moments that people watching and go, this shouldn't work. This shouldn't work at all. You're going to have a solid fight with ham-fisted villain uh, accessories, and then you go because they're all wearing the it.
1: fucking gas mask and shit, yep. looking like fucking stormtroopers, and you're like, yep. oh, they're obviously the bad guys because they're German, and then <laughs> yeah. like. And they're all, like, out there because they're all no man's land. None of us want to die, so we're just going to have this fucking knife fight. <laughs> like, we're not going to shoot at each other. We're going to agree the, to this.
0: <laughs> the beauty of, like, yeah, they're all having their guns drawn and realizing, like, okay, if we draw the shoot, both sides are going to shoot and we all are dead. <laughs> Let's just put it down and we'll handle this the quiet way. And yes, <laughs> you literally guys, you watch a a battle scene being taken for basically silent. Now you hear them breathing and stepping and all that, but yeah. without loud. band, even when they dying. stab somebody, they cover the mouth so they can't scream. So it's like it, it's again. I, that, I just that enjoy that poor the, the shoulder, that's behind
1: That poor kid, like he got he got saving prior Ryan there. <laughs> yeah, because the dude was like, yeah. uh, I mean, yeah, I would totally let you go if we weren't like I don't know in a war type situation, and you'll put buddies about to put me in the grave. So I got. I, Sorry, <laughs> I kind of got you. <laughs> um,
0: then you build the character with the whole, you know, agreeing with his father was right. And <laughs> going to war and being his war was a bad idea. <laughs> this and, <shit> <laughs> and this is where I think the movie, for me, flips the script and I go, am I in a Kingsman movie anymore? I'm in a real drama because these part where he gets there and he... You would think, oh, he's about to be a hero. He's going to return home a hero. This Mm. is crazy. (laughs) And nope. They literally shoot him in the head because he's impersonating another soldier. And the other soldier, the guy knows that other soldier. And instead of this hero's welcome because he did this great duty and job of this courage, because remember, he was the only one that volunteered. The rest of them got ball and sold. He was the only one that stepped up and wanted to do this. And instead, he gets shot in the head. And we get to see this through the lens of, I guess, them in action. But this literally is taking place as someone's
1: explaining what's happening to his father. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> and mean, it's like, we it's,
0: get back that's like it's definitely yeah.
1: a great commentary on on war, especially as as young men. Because you know, I mean, we lived through twenty years of war, and you know, previous generation beforehand. You know, when something bad happens, you're like, I want to go over there. I want to be the guy that comes back like a hero. And it's like sometimes it's not like that sometimes you're just mm-hmm. dead and there's no reason for it there's no rhyme for it you're just dead and like even that they even say it in the, it's like you know it says you get the most noble thing for you to do is go die for your country it's like no but the point is to make other motherfuckers die for their country that's how you win wars <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's to make right, other right. dumbasses <laughs> die for <laughs> their country <laughs> so it's like like you think you're, you're going to be this great brave hero, and don't get me wrong, our service or or to be respected and all that other good stuff, but it's like no, because in the, the day you're just dead and you're just leaving behind, you know, the people who cared for you, who were like, I could have told you that was going to be probably one of the outcomes of this situation. It's like there's no glory in just being dead, like, and that was right. the the worst part because like he did this heroic thing, he did carry the fucking spy across. You know, no man's land while being shot at, and all he got for it was a bullet in the head from his, from one of his own comrades. And like, mm-hmm. and, and that it, it just says it all right there. It's just like, I mean, like, even if you think about it, like now you have, you know, service members who are coming back home from, from parts from, you know, doing horrible things. And guess what? They come back home, they're fucking homeless. They're, you know, not getting their health care taken care of. It's just a bullet in the head for doing all the shit that yeah. they did. And which they shouldn't have been there in the first place. So yeah,
0: no, it, it definitely it was a great scene, a great segment of the movie. And then you flip to the drama part, and again, Ralph Vines knocks it out of the park. Just, yeah, but then just, we go to we go to the pacing issue. It it was like, <laughs> you suck. Fix yourself. Fix your life. Get over it. I guess I'll get over it. Shave and now I'm ready I'm to go to, back <laughs> to <the> business. <laughs> Time to get back to work. Let's go kill some <laughs> people, the, actually. is <laughs> the beauty of this movie. It's like <laughs> you think after all this gravitas goes on that this is going to be a moment that it's going to take a lot of pushing and prodding to get him to flip stance. and Because you get the whole thing about being a pacifist and the promise he made to his wife to protect his son and all this stuff. And it took, like, another beautiful woman telling him that you ain't shit in the kiss. And he was <laughs> like, you know what? Boners are power. Power the p u s s y. Let's go in shape and get back to business. <laughs>
1: You're right, beautiful um, woman that I've had my employee. That's you know for uh, at least twenty years. <laughs> I should get my shit back together because you know I can't let you, beautiful woman who I've had my employee for twenty years, go away.
0: <laughs> I I
1: finally figured it out. Uh, but
0: yes. Um, <laughs> And then you want to add to the spoiler conversation? I think we probably hit most of the movie. Oh, the I mean, final fight scene that we talked about, because I think people... So, yeah, we talked about the, it's the Scottish guy, the main villain, but it's a British fight scene it guy. actually, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> after, after they job out of the brother, as always. Um, yeah, he gets
1: shot, takes <laughs> a bullet. do won't jump on no plane, which, you know, I wouldn't either, especially if you're like, oh, yeah, this is a parachute. You've never heard of this thing before. Jump out this plane with me. Like, no. Well, why am I the motherfucker that got to jump out of the plane? Like, why can't white you white ass do it? it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I do love that the rapper informed he was like, mm. and he goes, Well, you know what? I, I can't ask someone to do something I wouldn't do myself. So <laughs> I was like, Yes, thank you. <laughs> white accountability finally in the movie. Thank God. Uh, and then, about the part he does redeem himself is because, uh, you know, the brother does get to chop off the giant's head and. Yeah, you know, that's his redeeming moment just to let him get jobbed out in three scenes later.
1: So, take a bullet for the dude. He's like, You'll take a bullet for me. You want to jump out of play? Like, I guess that's where I fucking draw the line, Stan. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. I don't want to think about dying on my way down. I much rather just get it over with. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Right, right. Uh, So, the scene we're talking about is the sword fight and they're going back and forth. And at one point, uh, Matthew Vaughn decides to say, Hey, let me show you from the angles of the swords or if you oh, want to say that POP, was so cool. yeah, and I just <laughs> thought that like, like again, like who, who thought of that? Who was
1: like, Hey, let's show that they angle were from some, the swords as it, it was beautiful. There are some drugs. Like he got high and it was like, I don't know. What can we do with this, this fight scene? I don't know, man. <laughs> Maybe if we were like looking from the swords perspective, as they fight and then like i guess his second producer, who was also high was like yeah that sounds like a great idea let's do that we ain't get shit else going on
0: (laughs) absolutely it's just such a great scene such a great scene and it makes me back to jaron had made a comment that guy pierce movies what does that say guy pierce uh guy richie movies excuse me guy richie saying guy pierce yeah yeah guy richie movies without vaughn how you can tell the different vibe and feel of it uh, I think Jerry made a comment about that, about the action yeah. scenes with and without him. Um, if the all three movies, aren't a testament to just his eye for action, I don't know what else can be. Because, yeah, some of these, I mean, we talked about the church scene in the first one. Um, it, it, it's it's many scenes of the scenes of the scenes in these movies that just show his eye for how to not only shoot action, but to
1: make his people look like action stars. Is a heavy, Honestly, heavy thing. Matthew Vaughn, uh, in my opinion, out gangster comedy uh, Guy P- Guy Ritchie, because he made one of the best movies of all time, which is Layer Cake. So, like, it, True. like, hands down, he's won the British Gangster Movie Fest, to me, anyway. So that's what, I mean, he just has, like, like, even, if, I mean, as I said, Layer Cake is one of his earlier films, and even in that mm. film, you can tell, fully tell he has a a set style that he likes to get across. And it's just, it's, it's great. Right. Absolutely. Okay. I'm also there. biased because um, Layer Cake is my favorite film of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and there we have it. So, bias
0: point <laughs> for Jason. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump to our next review. We're going to talk about uh, Book of Boba Fett, episode one, only one, because Disney wasn't great enough to give us, you know, more episodes. They don't drop it all. You know. They want us, they want us to tune in every week and build that fever up and go further get and further. Things.
1: So you come back for th- yo, you got more <laughs> of them Boba Fett episodes? i suck your dick. Come on, let me get some of that Boba Fett. So Boba guess, Fett and is, Yes
0: <laughs> attempt to make a name for themselves in the galaxy's underworld by taking over the territory once controlled by Jabba the Hut. Um, yeah, I'm gonna jump into this one because. So we can go ahead and close the book on Boba Fett being a weak ass character. All (laughs) right, the first episode solves that, and before y'all come at me with the hate mail and the hate comments, actually do come at me with the hate mail and hate comments. But let's just be completely honest: Boba Fett in the original trilogy is Captain Plasma. Like I don't, I know he did a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Dave Dave Filoni saved Boba Fett. From the Clone Wars and all the previous uh, sequels after that, Dave Filoni saved Boba Fett because Boba Fett's trash and everything we see from the Clone Wars then the attack of the Clone Wars on through all, all... Every every movie incarnation of him has been complete utter trash. Dave Filoni saved him and finally, because of what's going on here, we finally get a Boba Fett that everybody is interested in knowing and getting to meet because Qualley is being kept. We know nothing about Boba Fett. Now, I know... Some of you guys are going to bring up the comic books and tell me how, like, well, in Comic Book 7, blah, 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 they talk about his backstory, yada, de, yada. You guys were the same ones that were mad when it was admitted that he wasn't a Mandalorian. You guys are going to be the same ones that got mad when they changed the name from Slave One to whatever it's being called now. Y'all just going to be mad be <laughs> mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Y'all just going to be mad to be mad. But let's just call the spade a spade. If you search your feelings, <laughs> you know you know it to be true that Boba Fett was a trash character. In one episode, they have taken a trash character and made him more interesting than I have ever felt in any of the other things he's been involved in. And and that's including even the Clone Wars and all the cartoons, which I thought he's great in. But in this one episode, he was more interesting to me because of the characterization of him. And when I go to that, I'm talking about the fact that for as ruthless as you can be to be a crime lord or uh, trying to take over he seemed to have a lot of empathy and compassion. And that's something I did not expect from the initial run of what was going on. And you can even see it from when he frees himself and goes to the homeboy and is like, Hey, do you want me to get you? My, my vision of Boba, because from the cartoons and everything like that has always been more of a selfish, self-determined person. He always was out for whatever the prize was and whatever, like very singular focus. And even when he had revenge on his mind, he was very singularly focused on revenge. Even when people tried to show and explain to him the layers of what this was, and his father's death wasn't a product of a vendetta, but a product of this is a war. But he still was singularly focused on that. So to hear, to see this boba, and I know he's been through a lot more, be like, nah, this is not how I want to run. This is not how I want to rule. I actually want to like give people grace. And if you, you know, betrayed me, I'm going to give you a chance to give your loyalty back to me. And if you can't, then we'll handle it. we handle it the way, we're going to have to handle it. I thought that was a very good twist on the character that I didn't expect. And that has made me more interested and intrigued to see how this plays out even further. Um, Jason, I don't know what your thoughts on episode one were for Bubba Fett, Book of Bubba Fett.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, I I 100% agree with you. Like, I was one of those people that always thought Bubba Fett was kind of a joke, you know? Even though I've known, like, all the shit that they, you know, that all the extra lore stuff that he's been like the baddest of bad- badasses. Like, let's be honest, he got like hit by blonde, blind uh, Han Solo and fell into a pit. <laughs> like, He's a goof. He's a, he's yes. a dork. <laughs> yes, yes. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, as you say, from from the Manando- Mandalorian to, to the Book of Boba Fett, you kind of see like his badassery. You actually see it on screen. And I also like the fact that from his experiences of being in the Salic Salic Pit and being, you know, captured by the uh, Tuscan Raiders or the Tuscan people, I just I will I will uh, split the difference of both the racial stereotypes for the Tuscans and just call them the Tuscan people. Where mm-hmm. they call them Sand people or Tuscan Raiders, I'll just call them Tuscan people. And you can see that that it's it softened him a little bit, but he still mm-hmm. has that hard edge. He's like still about that life, but he like realizes like if you were going to rule like Jabba the Hut you know, what's going to be the end of it? You're going to get choked out on your own barge or fed into a fucking, sorry, like that. If you try to rule differently, you know, even though you're still a criminal and you're trying to get this money, you know, maybe you might have a little bit more longevity, even though I guess Jabba the was like a thousand years old. I mean, <laughs> he's going to live a little bit longer right, than right. Boba Fett will, but <laughs> mm-hmm. but like, I, I mean, like, you know, DC is going to make every villain a good guy. Eventually they're going to fucking, you know, rewrite Palpatine as a freedom fighter, who just wanted to, you know, save his people from the evil, you know, communist or whatever. I don't fucking know, but (laughs) yeah, like this show, this, this, this episode really, really drives. It was very interesting just to see his, and like that whole opening scene, like the first, like 10 minutes were just completely silent. Like, Mm -hmm. and that was something cool. Like there's no dialogue. It was just him. Just like up until like, I think the Rodian talked to him, which is played by, uh, Sam Witwer, you know, from, uh, you know Darth Maul fame and 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 all sorts oh, of wow. different uh Star Wars stuff. He's like the Star Wars dude. I think they should put that dude in. Stop hiding him and just let him be in Star Wars. Yeah. He, he was the
0: lead of a show for God's sake. What was it? Yeah. Being Human, I believe it was called. Being Human. I was love was that. Show. Yeah, yeah, he
1: was the lead of a show for God's sakes. Like stop hiding Sam Whatwerp guys. Like let him be in Star Wars, please. But yeah, like it's it's Robert Rodriguez, well shot, has so many references to uh, to different westerns and all that other stuff. It's just like it's good. It's like coming home and 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 finding a nice warm blanket, even though you thought that blanket was in the dryer and it was wet. You find out it come out in the dryer and it's nice and warm and you can snuggle up in it now. And you're like, oh, okay, this is cool. <laughs> so yeah, this was oh man, I love this episode. I hate that they do this fucking weekly shit like this is 2021. Y'all on the stream and y'all just give it all at once. Let me get it hey, look. all over. <laughs>
0: I want to do give a, a special shout-out because I, I forgot to mention her, but Agent May. Um, oh, man. <laughs> Finnick, Finnick brings it. Uh, look, Bing I'm going to be real. Fair, and I think, yeah. Minglin, it, she is such an underrated character actor. I think she... She does something that I think is so hard for women in the industry to do, and she does it very well. And I don't know if it's because of the Asian stereotype our, and planted in our mind because of white cult colonialism, but she plays female physicality so well. Yeah, And it comes off the screen. Very believable, very action-packed, everything. I mean, we can even go back to the Chung Lee days. And even <laughs> in that goofy movie, her, her physicality still comes through and I yeah. mean, if we talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., as I called her, Agent May. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I mean, she was the badass. Like, she was the enforcer of the group. And not even the enforcer of the group. It was the enforcer to the degree that even people with abilities didn't want to fuck like, her. Because they were like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she give you these hands. But yeah, Agent Coulson, we may be able to talk. But if May come in this building, she's giving out hands. She's giving out all, uh, all L's to everybody. <laughs> so I want to give her just a shout out for that one. Because, I mean, it it is hard to be a woman in this industry. Playing the roles that she plays and it being believable, and like if I for a never a second a role eyes, even when the, the roof scenes going on, I turn to my wife and I'm like, hey, he only said bring him, bring him, bring back one by live.
1: I'm like, one of them got to go. And when the scene <laughs> happens, it's like
0: it's so awesome. <laughs> it's
1: like he's the one. Any mini miny, mo, bye.
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> But no, I, I just and even her guidance and trying to kind of correct him. And, and and also, I think the, the show being well written is something that is hidden under the layers of the enjoyment of the show, because it's a part in there at the beginning where people are coming to, I guess, do their fealty to Boba Fett. And some aren't. Some aren't. You, you'll see the scene for yourself. But I love the part because the first thing I thought to myself was like, they don't have a droid to do this stuff.
1: <laughs> and when they mention
0: it. it I'm like <laughs> yes he's new He's new in the game he doesn't yeah. have the facility the set up to, to do this but I just thought that was an interesting writing note because you don't have to put that scene in there you can just have her be fluent in all the other, the languages or you yeah, can just have just, it as a, a bot there like the fact that you put that in there underlines where he is in his journey right now and I think it's just good writing
1: I just hope uh, they still have a little bit of evilness to him And not make him wholly respectable and, you know, Disney-fy him, which they're going to. I will still watch the show Disney, don't get me wrong. But I will, I want a little bit more. I want to still have him a little bit, have a little edge to him. Maybe him not being a slaver, that would be, maybe he can leave that part behind him. But, uh, (laughs) but still, like, you know, murder motherfuckers just for the sake of murdering motherfuckers (laughs) would would be a welcome. Uh, thing that it can keep, <laughs> you know. Maybe he does enjoy some disintegrations every now and then. Since Star now <laughs> once in a while, <laughs> yeah. feeds the need. The
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Book of Boba Fett, episode one. What rating were you giving this? Four out of five.
1: I mean, like I'm going to stand for Star Wars. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like I'm going to mm-hmm, stand for mm-hmm. Star Wars.
0: <laughs> look, man. Look. Eventually, we gotta get Jaren back because I'm at four too, so you can't keep agreeing <laughs> on this shit. a
1: negative four point three because they didn't even try to negotiate like Star Trek, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. You know
0: what? He gave this a pass too because he loves um John Favreau, and yeah, you know he has a hand in all this. So, but no, yeah, I'm here right there with you. I gave it a four as well. This is just great TV, and I'm itching for the next episodes mm-hmm. to come on so I can. Just sitting here, I mean, it almost makes me because I, I won't do it because Disney has me in their palm of their hands. Makes me just want to wait till the series is done and binge all of it. But I can't wait because I know people are going to no. talk about it, and I don't want to feel left out. So, and I also don't want to wait six weeks before I can watch the fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> well, you waited longer for that. I mean, you waited almost damn near a year for the show.
1: Yeah, but there was not episodes for out for me to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, touche. there's shit I can watch, but I'm not doing it because I want to watch it all at once. No, give it to me. <laughs> like, I'll take the what I have right now.
0: <laughs> Do we even want to have spoiler convo, or you think we're we're good here?
1: Any spoilers that you want to talk about?
0: Did you want to give a spoiler any... warning going on? Uh,
1: look, okay. A spoiler warning. Let's 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 talk about the one thing that is the most important thing to Boba Fett's uh backstory or to his story. period. Okay, so
0: five, four. Three, two,
1: one. We're in spoiler territories, just so you're warned. I mean, like, they were like, let's just tell people how he escaped from the Sarlacc pit. Like, like they've always known it, because he just did it. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> he was like, oh, no, I ain't yeah. dying this motherfucker. I'm out. <laughs> right Which the, I thought um, was an
0: interesting take, where they had the Stormtrooper in there as well. Yeah, uh, because you know, the, the stomach is supposed to be melting that the armor and all that and again, I Remember get it, it, that was a stormtrooper years. from
1: right, right which is like, that's not that bad, like if it's going to take him a thousand years to digest me, like is he even digesting me <laughs> like it will take me a lot <laughs> less time after I'm already dead to decompose completely than it is for him to digest me <laughs> right,
0: right <laughs> So I mean, he pretty much just burns his way on through, like yeah, which is like kind
1: of like the the uh, traditional way of him escaping. Because in the in the, the traditional lore, is he ignites, ignites his jetpack and explodes, and that's how he's able to like. He also also uh, mind melds with the Sarlacc too, as well. But uh, I'm glad they left that. I shit out. About that. that Would have been dumb. But uh, there's this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's this meme going around where Patton Oswald on uh, Parks and Recreation is describing this word for word like from five years ago, six years ago. And like, <laughs> it's like they just like, oh, we'll just take what Patton said and just make this live action.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure that is what they probably did. I mean, I know yeah. the book comics do take place in it. It's very, pretty much the comics are similar to what Patton says too. Remember that episode? It's like, but I'm pretty sure because knowing how Patton Oswalt is around Hollywood, like they probably were like, "Yes, make that make that happen."
1: Let's make Patton Oswald's character on Parks and Recreation happy by having the glove <laughs> Gotland hand extending from the sand and piling.
0: Sand. <laughs> Now you're going to make me have to watch that episode again now. Like, (laughs) for anybody that knows the Parker Rap episode, and I can't remember the the season or the episode in particular, but Patton's character is basically trying to stall and block things from happening. So he goes on these tangents about, like, what is it, the Star Wars universe? And was it Marvel universe?
1: Yeah. (laughs) All
0: being in the same universe. And how this reflects it. And he goes on, and there's even outtakes of him still going on in his rant telling this story. And, but yeah, you, you have to see it for yourself because I don't want to ruin it for people. It's nothing to ruin it since five years old, but I'm going to try my best if I can find the clip to put the clip in the edit so yes, that people don't do. have to search for it and they can go listen to him go on. Yeah, and it's, it's hilarious. It's great. But it's
1: definitely spoiler alert for <laughs> You got to watch Spandaloid <laughs> or Book of Buffett first. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, let's
0: jump into the last thing we're going to discuss and that is going to be the Will of Time series ended, and not ended, season one. Season finished. finale. <laughs> yes. And uh, what was it, eight episodes, I believe? Eight episodes. Eight short episodes. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to give my take on The Will of Time first, and then I'll let Jason back clean up as he tells me all the stuff and tells us all the good stuff. So for those that don't know, The Will of Time follows uh, Maureen, Maureen, a member of the Esadai a powerful I organization of women Get it
1: right. I,
0: die. Excuse I, me. Die. <laughs> I, I i I hand it all over to you. A powerful organization <laughs> of women who could channel the one power with her water land. She seeks a group of five young villagers from a secluded two rivers, believing that one of them is the reincarnation of the dragon, an extremely powerful channeler who broke the world. The dragon reborn is prophesied to either save the world from a primordial evil known as the Dark One, or break it once more. Um, the whole Time, this eight episodes, is a whimsical mess. But it does the one thing you do in fantasy shows and movies and all that. It makes you crave the world. So the issues I have is a lot to do just purely with characterizations and the fact that they don't build on any of the characters that are supposed to be important to us. The only character I thought that got the proper build was Rain and Land. Like, they are the bedrocks of this show. They are what makes the show work. They are what makes it tick. They are the only ones that get characterization and fleshed out. And I don't know if that's because the strong acting performances by them or the other characters not
1: getting enough time. Because all the other
0: characters feel like to me...
1: Oh, go ahead. I was going to say I think it's because uh Roseman uh Pike is uh, an executive producer on the show. <laughs> <laughs> that would explain a lot then why she gets her time because
0: she she does and like all I want to know in this movie is about the Asa, the, the sadis or is I it, it the guys? is I it like how do you say it plural or it just assassins all of them Isadai, <laughs> okay I the, the I <laughs> is all the thing I really want to <laughs> know about or the, the sexy ones in red is all I want to see adventures about them. Oh, you don't want to. Fuck I down. wouldn't mind this, have been. <laughs> I, and look, I wouldn't, and even I know that they, they're out to kill men that have it. I still want to take that punishment because they're fine. Um, if you just had gave me a prequel, Moraine and Land, I think I would have enjoyed that more. But besides the nitpicks of it, like the show does what it's supposed to do correctly, it makes you hooked on wanting to know what more goes on in this world, how does this world work. And you're given enough of that that once you have more. I think the poor characterization is, is because I think this season one was felt rushed. It felt like they were trying to get so much in for season one. And uh, granted some full disclosure. I did talk to Jason about this last week. So he confirmed some of the stuff that I had kind of already had in my mind, but didn't have like facts about, which he'll probably talk about the facts of it. But usually in writing, when you have poor characterization, is either from two, re- three reasons, typically. Lazy writers that just don't know how to do characterization. Um, The second one is that some people don't understand how to take a book and adapt characters that probably had 60, 70, 80 pages worth of themselves into two episodes or three episodes to flesh them out properly. And the last thing sometimes is because you're so amped up to want to get to a, a moment you skip over all the stuff that makes that moment important, and that's just in regular storytelling in, in general. You want you want to feel like something's earned. Out of all the villagers there, I just I can go straight stereotype of who they are, and the stereotypes don't bend, they don't break, they don't make me feel any different, even when it's revealed who the dragon is. He's still stereotypical. His actions are still stereotypical. It's no awakening. Well, why is there no awakening? Or anything anything like that for him? Is because he never had time to even be any different. Because as soon as he finds out, they go. And that's it. Like, so it does suffer from that tremendously. And it suffers from that in a couple episodes. Like, because you're getting the characters by themselves in some of these episodes. It suffers mightily because I don't care about these characters at all. I have no care at all. Um, what Matt's going through until it gets solved, no care at all. Actually, I'm more disappointed that the Gleeman had to like be taken out of it because he was more it's, enjoyable than anything they
1: had done. <laughs> it's half an episode at the most.
0: <laughs> yeah, God. and mm-hmm. he's way more characterized and way better than anything that I saw with the other characters, and that bothered me because it's like this guy came in and pretty much stole the show, and I was like, I, I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to rock with him again when we talk about prequels. I want a prequel about him and his former people that he had to put down because they started tripping. Oh, like, I want Marilyn
1: has a life before he, he, he gets into the books. <laughs> like, Tom like, Marilyn is a man.
0: <laughs> shout out to him, but like, it just felt like again, somebody was like, Hey, in fantasy books and novels, and on TV shows and series and movies, all we care about is the cool shit in the world all the other stuff will figure itself out. I feel like whoever, like, was in in charge of this, I I feel like that's what they thought. Hell, I even want to know how does uh, a, and if I say this right, a Fisher's, Fisherman's daughter become the head of this organization that's ruling everything. Like, so we we don't even, like, I'm thinking from initially that it's a caste system because they make comments of people being from certain houses in their position, especially when they talk about uh, Marina. Like, oh, because she's such a, like, So I think it's a cast system, and then you get this moment, you go, "No, well, can't be that much of a cast system because she was pretty much a nobody, and she's now running this spot." I want to know more about that. Now I'm praying that future seasons dive into this, but I have no hope of that being done because they couldn't even get the bare essentials of four characters, five characters that we're supposed to at least care somewhat about. Completely right. Now I'm expecting them to make me care about all these other people outside of the quote-unquote main adventure.
1: That <laughs> come into this right the play
0: here. <laughs> yeah, and I heard I heard it's like up like up to 140 something characters in the whole book series. Everybody which I'm pretty sure copies. for TV. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like like TV they're going to integrate other people's storylines that they did for Game mm-hmm. of Thrones, other people's storylines from different characters, put it into our main characters, which I'm here for. But you got to do the first thing of making us care about our main characters. So um again, I enjoyed it, and I feel like I'm I'm harboring too much on it because of that because. <clears throat> You know, like you, I'm a fantasy sci-fi nut as well. I thoroughly enjoyed. It. Like I told Jason, me and my mom sat down and started it, episode one, back in the Thanksgiving. Watched the first three, four episodes, and then now I knew she was coming back for Christmas. so I waited. We got yeah, we got the Christmas at my my stepmother's house, and we binged that whole thing all night. We did not leave. It was one o'clock in the morning when we finished. My mom, don't, my mom don't say like like that, but she was with it <laughs> because it was so because it was so intriguing. It was so good and fun to watch. So. I know we'll do my rating after Jason. Go ahead. What are your thoughts of the, the show for we'll Willis High? The
1: show. Okay. So I'm gonna say this, and this is going to seem like it's very harsh, but it is. So just deal with it. <laughs> this is probably one of the worst adapted shows in the history of TV shows being ad- or books being adapted for TV shows. Like this has so strayed far from the source material. That it it is um, it's completely different at this point. It's completely a different thing. It's just a whole different beast. Which is kind of sad because you had shows on TV uh, that were adapted very well. Game of Thrones for the first few seasons were very great. Almost as close as you could get to the books as possible. The Expanse also a very well adapted show. If you read those books, it's mm-hmm. almost as close as you can get to possible. This one almost out the gate, they were like, ah, oh, we'll just use that as kind of like a loose template of what we're doing and don't get me wrong as a fan of the wheel of time the book series i still enjoy the show but (laughs) this does not mean that it's not been a poor adaptation of the source material and i'm going to be that guy if you like this show but you want if you found it to be a little bit rushed please go and read the books It's, it's 14 books if you like reading you won't even notice it, and it's a, such a, a a great journey to do. And hopefully, eventually, in, in later seasons, they such kind of help and show more of that journey into the into the story. But this season is basically like the Cliff Notes, the Spark Notes version of the Cliff Notes version of the book. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like they've truncated so much; they cut out so much. The characterizations are—I'm going to say there's a couple of characterizations that are just completely just wrong, just just wrong. Mm. Matt's character is completely wrong, and Perrin's character is just completely just. At first, they were they were like, "Okay, I can see where they're doing this," By by the end of this the season, I'm like, "They've done fucked up these characters by far," <laughs> <laughs> because Matt in the books is more immature than malicious. He's not. Mm a dark and broody person and in this books they made him a, or in the show they made them this dark and pretty person who's abandoning his friends one of matt's main characteristics in the book is that he will go out of his way even when he does not want to to help his friends that is like his whole entire thing is that people think he's a scoundrel but if his friends need him even if he thinks of a thousand other things he much rather be doing he is going to go and help his friends and then and and in this show you don't see any of that well they do they, also-
0: you're right you don't see it but they they speak to it but yeah they never show it because they, they never Grant show it says it to uh well a uh, Gwen they're like you don't you never liked him and he would do yeah. everything for his friends and his family but like He says it out loud, but we never see anything (laughs) to the pattern of it.
1: (laughs) And there's a lot of unearned drama that just amongst the characters that I guess makes for good TV, but doesn't make for good books that isn't in the books because like when they leave Immersfield, they all like each other. They're all friends. They all have each other's backs. There's no love triangle between one character, and another character. They just are just innocent kids going out into the world and then Suddenly being thrust into the situation where they have to lose their innocence. In this one, they're all broody, sad people who are already world weary, <laughs> who then go into the world and go, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the rest of the shit sucks too. <laughs> like, like there's no loss of innocence there because there was no innocence to be gained. And I guess, as I said, I guess that makes for a better watching TV experience because that's the way we like, I guess we want out of TV shows, but it's like you have to- taking away some of like the fundamental aspects of these characters and just like throwing them away. And another, oh man, they fuck up my boy, parents so badly. Like, <laughs> I mean, like the from the original episode where he is. I mean, in the books, he's not married. In the original episode, he is married, and he ends up. Spoiler: We already talked about this uh, previously in episode the previous one. episode. Yeah, yeah. So if you haven't seen it this far, but in the beginning of well, this, let's just go the, ahead
0: uh, on before this. Let's do this uh spoilers starting in five four three two one go ahead
1: with the spoiler so in the first episode Perrin ends up accidentally killing his wife which he never had in the first, in the books but he ends up actually and like for me that was a good kind of like choice a visual choice for his internal sort of struggle that goes on throughout the books that you know he mm-hmm. is afraid of his own strength and like if he loses control of himself what he could do but in the show, that they show that as in action, as him just sitting there moping and whining about like what he should do rather than being unsure about his choice or decision that he's made. In the books, he does act and makes decision and fights and, and feels badly about doing that after the fact, but he he acts. And in like this yeah. last episode, he just stands there complaining to people. And I'm like, that's not what Perrin would do. He would pick up an axe and he would chop someone's head off. <laughs> yeah. And he would be like, oh shit, I did it again. I fucked up. I should have chopped that dude's head off. But he, he would even felt real bad about it. But like he would have done it. And like, there are so many other little nitpicky things that like don't mesh with the world. And like and and I hate it, but also it's not as bad like Titans level of like character assassinations that they too. So I'm still like I'm still rocking with right. it. Right. <laughs> so like yeah. Oh teen Titans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck that show. <laughs> so hopefully <laughs> they've they uh looked at the episodes that they they shot, uh they reevaluated what they can do better. And in the next season, they, uh, you know, you know, maybe align it a little bit more, less adaptation, less, you know, making shit up and more, you know, following the source material a little bit, please. Because at the very end of this season, they do a thing that basically spoils the whole entire series. And if you knew what it was, mm-hmm. you'd be like, wow, that's a huge spoiler because that's not what happens in the book. But I mean in the first book, but it does happen eventually. And it's like you just like basically deflated one of the most awesome things about the series right here in the first fucking season. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like
0: Roseman Pike likes the series because I mean you said she's an executive producer on it. I wonder if it's like is a passion project for her, or is it just oh this could make a lot of money, so let me go ahead and throw my name in it so I can make some money.
1: I mean, I've been following the uh creation of the show. I've been like I'm a Twitter follower of the of the showrunner. I've been following this, like Roseman Pike. She seems like she's a fan. But mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. the way that you, you describe the you describe the show, it's very much from her perspective when Moraine is really kind of like a secondary character, a important secondary character. She's a secondary character in the show. They've definitely made her more of the primary protagonist in this. And maybe that, I mean, maybe that was just like because they got a a big name star to be that character, or because Mm -hmm. she she is the executive producer, and she's like, yo, I'm gonna work, I'm gonna work every day. (laughs) So but from what I've I've seen on Twitter, they they've tried to keep before they i've seen the show they were trying to keep as spiritually connected as much as possible mm-hmm. but um yeah i don't i mean like to be honest there are some things in the books that don't age very well you know the whole thing this whole thing about you know this this stuff was written in the nineties the whole thing mm-hmm. about like gender differences and stuff like that we kind of like you know, are growing away from that. And this book is basically about, you know, gender differences, but also, like, bucking gender stereotypes and gender norms as well. So, you know, it's kind of hard to, like, adapt something that is so, like, kind of, like, black and white, because the whole thing is black mm-hmm. and white, to a world where we're now doing areas of shades of gray. And I think they were trying to air more on the shade of gray side than the, than the black and white side. Oh, I know the point too. Another point of it that and I'm not going to shout on this anymore, but the
0: the the I guess false or fake dragon. Yeah, I was so interested in like following this guy more and seeing how this was going to progress. <coughs> Excuse me, and then episodes. it was like, yeah, it was like, no, nope, he's done, he's depowered, and it's like, what? Like I was literally because when he I thought at point he was gonna escape and he's gonna get out into the world with his people and it was gonna be like okay, this is gonna be the big threat while they're doing the dark one, while like it's all gonna be this thing collapsing in on this side. And I'm like, no, nope, they clipped his wings at the two episodes and it was like, All right, here you go, brother. I, 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 <laughs> You're done. I don't know like, will, will we even see him again? Is he even mentioned anymore in the books? Like
1: So his storyline is very much in the background for like seven books
0: so okay. like that you know they just about hear it.
1: about what is happening to him ancillary and then he becomes right. a, a a character like five or six in and then he becomes more important at the end of the books so it kind of makes it doesn't make any sense to me why they spent so much time on his story because in the books like that's just something that's happened on the side of things and like it easily be explained without actually showing any of it and like You spit time away from the characters that actually matter to show this that doesn't doesn't pay off for like if you're reading books wise for like ten years. (laughs) Look, and and I kind of feel
0: like now it's making me concerned that she's saying it because it's two times you mentioned that things happen way further down the line happen now. It makes me feel like they may not have a plan for this series. Like, yeah, they're kind of going into it like normal TV and going like, oh, what cool things can we do for this season? Great, done it. Season two, all right, guys, what cool things can we do for the season? Great, done Like, because you literally can, I mean, to use, and, and I know we're going to get away, I'm going to try myself to get away from the Game of Thrones references, but I think because it's probably been the best fantasy show By we've far. seen on TV, but, like, they used to do very easily, like, the beginning of one episode about the White Walkers, and you'll never see another White Walker for the whole season. And that was it. Yeah. Like, they could have used him in that matter, where it could have been an opening segment and in a scene in episode one or two, that whole thing they showed with him at the kingdom and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you'd be like, man, what the hell was that? And never talk about it for the rest of the season. And the season two comes, you do a little bit more. Don't say nothing. And by season three, have someone actually address, maybe in a commentary, what's going on with those clips. Like, hey, have you heard about this? false dragon in you know,
1: the or, east. Right. Yeah, or like pay it off like later down the road, right? Because you that's what you want to do is like, you know, set it up as kind of like an Easter egg. Like, mm-hmm. oh, what's really going on with this storyline here? And then you finally pay it off. Oh, he's a false dragon. He got still or he got gentled and, you know, now he wants to go kill himself. <laughs> but right, you know, right. he has a, a more important destiny in that. But it's like, I understand, like, I guess when I was watching it, it was like, okay, this is like setting up the stakes for whoever might, if there was a man, Dragon Reborn, what could possibly happen to him from people who were supposed to be his allies. But in that regard, like, I feel like if they had started off with the book's beginning, like the way it was in the book, then they would have set up that kind of stake of like, oh, yeah, if he was, if the male, if a male person turns out to be the Dragon Reborn. Then shit's gonna go really, really bad for him. <laughs> well, and also which is what of- they
0: never, they never really set up in my mind, and maybe I missed it in there because I, I usually try to be really critical of dialogue because I know sometimes dialogue with feed us the things that aren't being shown to us. They never set up by like if he let's say quote unquote he was the dragon reborn. why that would have been a bad thing for him, he the only thing they set up that kind of was an argument for the thing that I was looking at is he was like, look how easily these people formed and wanted to follow me. Like, this wouldn't have happened, like, five, six years ago. Like, they would like, I guess they never gave us a reason why he was the bad guy, because they really never showed him doing an act that we consider morally good or bad, because we didn't know who he was killing. We didn't know who the people were. he was. So it was almost like you just got afraid that this dude had power and you wanted to stop this, but it was no... Like you said, it was people that were willing to fight and die for him. So he couldn't, I uh, guess he couldn't have been all bad, but it is some part of the society that, that world they're living in that doesn't feel like this rule is the right way to go. I guess they they just they, they didn't handle that properly to get why he was such a threat outside of him just being a man and being strong. Yeah.
1: yeah. And that's also why I, I feel like they did one of the best, because the, they didn't really show, they didn't even really show the previous, you know, dragon until like the Mm. last episode you know and it's like you know we start off in the books with like what has happened with that Mm -hmm. previous dragon like in the depths of his delusion of all the horrible things he has done and like we set the stakes like they they set the stakes of like yo he's supposed to be a good guy but this shit he could fuck it up you know and and we see it like, that's, that's the very first thing you get from the books, is that the good guy could fuck it up. And, like, you don't even really... You get a, a sentence, you know, in the very mm-hmm. beginning. Like, oh, yeah, and this arrogance, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, we get to see, like, what the stakes is of why no one wants this guy to be around. Of why, right, like, right. some people might follow him, but some people were like, no, like, like, he's not the good guy.
0: <laughs> right, So right, and,
1: right. It, and it's kind of, like, the disappointing of the show. It's like, they don't really set that up. You know, we see a couple of shows, a signs of Loghain, like we see that battle at Giladon, but we don't know why he's there, what he's doing there. Like, he's just there. I mean, like, that's something that happened in the books, but it's like, as I said, it's so ancillary that it's was like, oh, did you hear about the trouble that's happening in Giladon? Oh, like, mm. I guess a, like a false dragon or something, but it's like, it's over there. Who cares? Like, in this one, they show it like it's supposed to mean something, but it doesn't. <laughs> you know, it doesn't like. Yeah, There's a lot. Of, I mean, I hope in 20 years that I can get a track, a crack at re- redoing this. <laughs> also, they
0: job out, um, what's the homies in the white? Uh, the questioners, oh, the, 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 the
1: children, the, the children of the light. The yeah, yeah, they job cooks. them out too. Yeah, like
0: you, you, you give him yeah. this great intro to be this badass. You even set up that he's done this to so many of the eyes which they've been set up as the baddest of the badasses in this yeah. game. And you give them all these rings, and I'm like, oh, this dude is this dude ain't taking none. And two of arguably the weakest characters, arguably in the right. sense of how
1: they're portrayed. Yeah, fuck them up. <laughs>
0: take out a whole can. Yeah. Take a whole camp after all out. these like,
1: sisters couldn't do this shit. These two, two right. kids can do it. And it's like and I was you, like, mm, I don't feel right. Like they set them up. I mean, like, I loved the stuff with the white clothes. I loved it because they are. Dangerous, but like in the show, I guess they kind of made them too competent <laughs> mm. and too dangerous. Because, because <laughs> like you know, Eamon Volda shouldn't allowed that to happen. He sh- he would have just killed her and been done with it, and like he wouldn't have not. And it's 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 different in the books the way the way they they're able to escape. I mean, they still use wolves and stuff like and whatnot, but it's never like he was a hundred percent certain that she was a channel.
0: Gotcha right gotcha,
1: gotcha. so and then the books are a little bit incompetent because they're like witch hunters they see everybody as a witch right mm. they don't they couldn't catch an ice and die if fucking did she channel right in their fucking faces because he they would wreck them like ice and ice would just totally wreck them like just one right 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 <laughs> oh yeah well because they
0: even make a comment that i said i could take down a whole army by themselves yeah
1: they uh, were just yeah, like so... <laughs> so they couldn't catch an eye to side to save their lives. Some occasionally get lucky and catch someone who can channel because you know they shoot an arrow at her back when she's not looking, but like to actually capture Nice an die and like have 10 rings of them. No, <laughs> they couldn't do it. <laughs> they're more likely to, you know, torture a little girl than than kill an actual die. So like you made them like this super competent, super scary sort of people, and then like, oh yeah, the the girl in there, her, her, her glowing eyed friend can, can beat their asses. <laughs> and a couple and ten and four wolves, four tiny wolves <laughs> could win this. Right, right, right. They weren't even dire wolves.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, I, I think. Oh, let's do our rating. What do you give the rating for the Will of Time series, uh, Jason? Seven out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm going to believe said, that that's not a biased rating. So,
1: <laughs> I love the Wheel of Time. Um, this adaptation, as I said, is a poor adaptation of the of of the source material, but it's still entertaining. It's still fun to watch. So I'm just going to give it a, a 2.5, just because I'm a fan, and I got to do knock it down a half point because they fucked up my some of my favorite characters. <laughs>
0: So you giving it okay? So you're not giving it a seven out of five. I'm giving it a two point five
1: out of
0: two point five out of two point five. Okay. Oh well, that's good because I'm a little. I means I'm a little higher than you. I gave it a two point eight out of five. Because again, I, I I'm intrigued about it, and I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued with what they're gonna go and how they're gonna go next, and how this is gonna play out. If if season two continues like season one, I'm probably gonna be less intrigued. Yes. But I'm giving it, like, I'm giving, like, you know, me and you watch a lot of TV. And I think the this era of generation of Netflix and stuff, people don't understand that typically in TV, the first season is either going it's to be always. your very best one or is it going to be your worst one? Yeah. Like, it's usually no in between on your first seasons. And so I think this, in most fantasy shows and sci-fi shows, your first season is the getting out of the stumbling blocks because you're figuring out what works, how does it work, how does the people, how do the viewers respond to this? And you try to figure it out. So I'm giving it that kind of run where it's like, okay, they're here. They're putting it out. It seems like people are enjoying this. Now let's we'll see if we can tweak it.
1: Uh, I'm going to go back and talk about one of my highlights of the show is when we okay. see a character's mom, who is an uh fighting for the first time. Because Aiel are absolutely badasses. And, they can, uh, and that scene where the Aiel woman who was pregnant who was fighting all those dudes, was absolutely fucking oh, amazing, yes. and I was fucking all about it, and I was giddy and screaming, and I'm like, yes, I'm, if they could, because that is spot on what an eye do to sissy little wetlanders is she would wreck, like, all of them. <laughs> that, until that, someone that finally catches to... her.
0: <laughs> yeah, and only no reason they caught her, because she, I mean, she was trying to Strike. drop that low, whoa, yeah, yeah, she was dropping, you about to have a baby, but yeah, that scene was awesome. We're watching yeah. that. I'm like, who is this and How can I get it with the main group? And we find out it's a flash.
1: And <laughs> spoiler alert, uh, because uh, <laughs> we realize who who she, whose parents she is. Uh, but mm. for those, she's only been doing that for like two years. So like that's how oh, awesome I are. because she was just like only been doing that for two years, and she's still wrecking motherfuckers.
0: Nah, she puts some mad work on that one. Well. Thanks you, everyone, again for listening to the Inward Nerd podcast. We are so happy to bring you this show. We really appreciate everybody's help and comments and all that. Next week, we'll get back to reading some comments. We do have some comments on Arcane. We do have some comments on the Matrix. Yes. We do have some comments on um, just people just trashing me. So I'm excited about next week. We'll have some <laughs> comments on there. Um, I can't wait to your Matrix before, comments. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, oh for sure. Yeah, uh, as we mentioned before. Please remember to like, share, subscribe, and follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and, M- yeah, Apple Pie, all the place, Anchor FM. And, like I said, please comment because we will read your comments on here. And we're probably going to do a rotating third seat until Jeremy returns. So, if you are interested in being on the N Word for Nerd podcast, please shoot us an email at H, as in Harry, Cannon, C-A-N-N o n c as in cat at gmail.com so that is h canon c at gmail.com email us let us know you're interested and we'll tell you how we run down the show and we can have if you want to be on the show and talk whatever we're talking or if you have a, a stern opinion about one of the topics we talked about on a previous show we can bring you on and give you a segment all to yourself to vent your stuff and frustrations and we will Either debate or agree. Maybe we agree about what you what you say and have fun. So again, that third seat is an open invitation for anybody who, who really wants to talk that nerd and geek talk.
1: Particularly Other in than young that, ladies between the ages of thirty and thirty five who are also single. <laughs> hey, hey, sorry, you don't have to be any of that. But we would like another <laughs> uh, another opinion that is not so cisgendered male. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. (laughs) And as always, Duke of our Nerds, any final words? Uh, Be kind, be considerate, and tip your bartenders 20%. Unless it's Jaren, then just spit in him, spit in his face. I love you, Jaren.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys, as always, for listening. We will be back here for you next week. And peace. And yes, Rasputin's nasty tongue can heal your leg.
1: (laughs) All your legs.